Slinging Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5. We are back again. Obviously, where would we be? We're here. Your host, Jake Finnerty, your co-host, Wally McKeon. We don't disappoint Wally, do we? No, we never do. And really, I've gotten into a very nice habit of coming over to your place on a Wednesday, late afternoon, early evening. It gets me through. You know, it's the midway point of the week. It gets me through. Gets I me always I always look forward to it. If Like, if... We weren't supposed to talk about something else as our highlight of the week. I think this would be my highlight of the week. Yeah. Every single week. Yeah. Because it's just so it's just so nice to come, it's fun. come here. Uh, but speaking of highlight of the week, what is your highlight of the week? I've said this about four or five times already. So. <laughs> my highlight of the week is this upcoming weekend. Me and all of my roommates will be heading back to my home state of Vermont. Two of them have already been there before, but it'll be my roommates Trevor first time at my house. Um, my parents are going to be down in D.C. visiting my sister, so we've got the place to ourselves, which should be pretty awesome, and I'm really looking forward to it. I love Vermont. Favorite place that I've ever lived. What about you, man? What you got? What you got going on? What's going on in the life? Uh, so I was back home this past weekend. Um, it was kind of just nice to see some family. Uh, mm. I saw a lot of family members that I hadn't seen in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just really nice for that. And also on Sunday, it was one of the first NFL Sundays that I actually got to watch with my brother in a while. That's um, great. It felt like. So that is awesome. he and I relaxed the entire day, just watched NFL football the Love entire day. That. Although he was studying for school the entire time. Mm, so, nerd. you know, hopefully he did well on his tests that he had to study for. <laughs> but um, it was nice to just sit out on the at our back porch. Uh, it was a nice, cool day outside. So got to watch some nice football, a nice Jaguars win that we'll talk about uh, yeah, coming yeah. up. But yeah, yeah. Uh, first, <laughs> let's talk about the NHL. Uh, the season is just about two weeks away. It was two weeks away yesterday, mm-hmm. um, to be precise. So we're getting ready for that. We're actually going to do our preseason predictions next Wednesday because, or next, well, next Thursday yeah, when the drops. episode comes out. But uh, because the season will start on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, Lightning Rangers kicking yeah. it off. Puck drop in the, at the Garden. Uh, it's gonna be excited. Uh, so then, just with the the normal updates, uh, John Tavares out for the start of the season with an oblique injury. Yeah, he's gonna miss the next three weeks. Um, the season starts on October twelfth for Toronto. Um, it's a big hit for the Toronto second line. You know, it's great to have Matt Austin Matthews there as your first line. Tavares falls out that second spot. Um, it's a hit, but it's nice that it's only for three weeks. They'll be they'll be able to manage it. Luckily, luckily for them, having Austin Matthews obviously is a great, yeah. great first line. But uh, great that he's only missing two two to three weeks for uh, the Maple Leafs. There. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, Spencer Knight has signed with Florida for three years. The financial aspects have not been disclosed. So we don't really know how much he's been paid yet, but uh, Florida locks up a goalkeeper. Yeah, they lock up a goalkeeper despite already having a goalkeeper and Sergi uh, Bavrovsky, who's under contract through 2026. Yeah. Um, and Spencer Knight was drafted in 2019, I believe, um, first-round pick. I also think he's one of the most highly-rated American goalie prospects to come through the system in quite some time. Um, and obviously, if you're Florida, you had an amazing season last year, at least in the regular season. Now you've got your backup, your youngster, who hopefully will eventually take over the reins. Ideally, you'd like to trade Bobrovsky in the coming years and give uh, Knight the job. And I think I've mentioned this before about Spencer Knight, but uh, he's from my hometown of Darien, Connecticut. I think Connecticut. He did, yeah. And uh, I had a couple of classes with uh, his younger sister 
um, pretty awesome. middle school. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that is Small pretty world. cool. And like you said, Knight being one of the top goalie prospects mm-hmm. as, as, you know, being in the U.S., uh, I think it's important for them to try and keep him on, yeah. especially as a young 100%. guy, and develop him. And like you said, trade Bavarovsky mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, see where everything goes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but another signing, Andrew Peake signs three years, $8.25 million deal with Columbus. Yeah, another another young guy, much in the Spencer Knight category. Um, he got his first major playing time this past season uh, for Columbus. Um, and it provides some defensive youth for the Blue Jackets. And now that they've got a superstar in Johnny Hockey in town, oh, lock yeah. up the pieces that you feel are important to your franchise and try and move forward. And Peake is definitely one of those. I mean, lo- gotta love the young signings. The love, yeah, it's you nice. Know, the the young and upcoming the trust guys. in the franchise. Yeah, yeah. franchise um, trust them. So, we'll see. We'll see where all those go. Like we said, we'll be previewing the NHL season coming up next week. But the NBA had a lot of their media days this mm-hmm. week, um, and it came with a lot of great interviews, great outtakes, just great things in general. Uh, a personal favorite of mine to always talk about on this podcast yeah, is Patrick Beverly uh, on the Lakers. He was being interviewed on, I believe it was TNT, but maybe it wasn't. I don't really know um, who was there. Uh, I just know first they were talking to him and LeBron and uh, LeBron. They were asking LeBron about his favorite moment of his, himself. And then they said they asked Patrick Beverly the same question. Yeah. Well, Patrick Beverly's favorite LeBron moment is that one time when he blocked LeBron. <laughs> That's probably the most Patrick Beverly <laughs> response I've ever heard in my life. Awesome. LeBron just started laughing and then said, Patrick Beverly has some issues. Uh, then, uh, in Beverly's interview, he was saying how him and Russ are actually very good friends and they lift together all the time. They've got That's that cool. chemistry going on in, in L.A., so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes because they said Russ will maintain his starting role as well. Credit, credit to Coach Ham, I feel, as well, for building a good locker room in there and building chemistry between these guys when originally a lot of people thought we weren't sure how Pat Bev, how he would mesh, especially with Russ. Um, credit to Coach Ham, at least off the court. Who know how they're going to be when, it, when the season actually starts. But Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that Patrick Beverly is also one of those guys that, like, he'll – He'll always nudge shoulders with you on the court if you're oh, against yeah. him. Yeah. But Tipping. once you're on his side, he has trust in you for life and will take that to heart. Awesome. Um, what I'm really looking forward to is the Pat Bev revenge game in, in Minnesota <laughs> after they shipped him out. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, but also James Harden uh, was in an interview this week, and they were asking him about his workouts, what he's been doing in the offseason, how he's been trying to get back into shape. And he made a little ironic joke saying, I lost 100 pounds. It's definitely tweet, not true. Tweet that. Definitely not true, losing 100 pounds. Um, I, I like the interview uh, at the press conference. Um, he was sitting next to Joel Embiid, and Harden said something, and Embiid made a face like, mm. yeah. <laughs> he's a little skeptical of it. <laughs> yeah. Funny. I mean, I no way he lost 100 pounds. No, but, not at all. He was not I mean, I think he was. I think he was. Over. I think he was meaning it a little bit more as I got rid of all this body fat. Now, yeah, now I'm on feel, the muscle. I'm back. Feel 100 I'm back. Lighter. Yeah. Um, the Pelicans lock up CJ McCollum for four more years. Yeah, it's good. It's good when you trade for a guy like they did last year, trading for McCollum and then locking him up, and it's not really just a one-year rental to actually get that guy that you wanted and making him a piece of your franchise moving forward. It's good. Yeah, he. Uh, 
he he played well in New Orleans last year, and New Orleans is expecting some big comebacks this year, specifically mm-hmm. in Zion, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about in a second. But you know, keeping McCollum locked up, uh, uh, still a great young guard. I mean, not too young, but still a great guard to have on your team, um, especially yeah. to pair with Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a young core down in New Orleans, and I'm excited to see how they're actually going to perform this year. Yeah, um, Lonzo Ball. I mean, I don't know what is going on with this man, but he needs yet another surgery. Said mm-hmm. he couldn't even run or jump. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to be reevaluated in four to six weeks after this surgery. It's tough for me to say, but in all honesty, I think Lonzo might be coming to the backside of his career? potential, uh, career potential. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can't stay on the court 100%, um, if you're having multiple surgeries, it's tough. Um, and only if you're going to be reevaluated four to six weeks, you're just away from the team. You're doing your own thing, trying to get healthy. Um, but I just feel like the Lonzo Ball experiment in the NBA has kind of flopped. It's Not been even flopped, but it's been completely up and down. Yeah, I mean, he was in Los Angeles, didn't really perform well there. Went to Chicago or went to New, New Orleans, Orleans first, yeah. and kind of had a little bit of a resurgence. Mm-hmm. Was showing signs of his potential. Went to Chicago. That Chicago team was gr- was really good. Yeah. Um. He actually looked really good, but he just can't stay on the court, and now is in fear of missing months at this point. If he's yeah. only going to be reevaluated in a month, and that's when the season that's about when the season starts. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But um, not looking good for Lonzo and Jello just got a contract with the Hornets. Yeah. Yeah. What G League? Not yeah. Non guaranteed contract. Yeah, not even. So. Not two way. Nothing. Just G League. <laughs> So, we'll see. <laughs> Lamelo might be the only one to make it. Yeah, he's made it pretty far. Yeah, yeah already. Very, very good player. But uh, Zion and Kawhi, both of them, seeing seeing these pictures, like not even just them in uniform, just them working out. Yeah. Both of them are absolutely like jacked. Yeah, I I specifically want to highlight Zion because everyone points all their yeah. fingers at him. Saying how overweight he was and being in New Orleans, the gumbo is getting to him, the crawfish, all that. Um, the press conference photo from last year versus now, he is unrecognizable. It's he not even it's not man. even the same. Like he he was I don't it's weird because like you look at someone's face and you could totally see like that's like a rounded face. Like yeah. they have a little bit of like meat on them, that's if you want to say that. But I mean Zion now, he didn't even have it like it was weird because it looked like his neck was longer. Yeah. Like, his chin was so defined that, like, his neck seemed to extend. Like, Zion is coming back with a vengeance for yeah. all these people that were doubting him. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi, I've, I mean, I've said this multiple times. I, I love Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I think that Kawhi is a top-five player when he's completely healthy, healthy. on the court. Yeah. But it's tough. I mean, in recent years, it's been tough for him to stay on the court. But Kawhi now, looking at him, he was certainly in the gym this offseason because he was always a slimmer body guy didn't always have that muscle on him recent pictures of him in the gym people should get afraid of this clippers team because i mean i have high hopes for them i'm not gonna say where i'm predicting them yet because i'm waiting until we we do that episode but uh this i mean Kawhi's coming back and i think he's gonna come back very strong both of them i expect big seasons out of just hope both remain healthy i i yes i hope that as well it's always fun to see both of them on the court yeah uh the mlb 
the Yankees clinched the AL East last night. Never a doubt, baby. Never a doubt. Been saying it um, since we started off season two when they were slugging through, um, not even slugging, mudging through the month of August and the beginning of September. Never a concern. Wrap up the AL East last night. Um, Aaron Judge has been stuck on home run number 60. For a week. Yeah. It's been a week. Six games. Well, it's been been, six games. Without a home run. Um, but it's mostly because people don't want to pitch to him. And I'm not. I'm not going to blame the guy. The guy has been walked 11 yeah. times. He was walked four times last night in Toronto. His on base percentage is up to 4.25. That is insane. Um, it and helps I'm, him in that triple crown race, though, because he's not really. Yeah. Hurt, it's not hurting his average. Yeah, but. not at all. Um, and he, he's got it right now. He's got a point oh oh one point lead um, in batting average and obviously home runs and RBIs. Um, but over these next, I think they have like eight or nine games left. Please just throw him the ball. Let him let him try. Get to sixty one. Get to sixty two. Well, for, poor, may, for it, poor Roger Maris Jr. So he doesn't have to keep traveling around the country, not even the country, the world. He had to go to New York. He has to go to Toronto. Back to New York. It may it may help that they're playing two teams that are completely out of the race. They're playing the Orioles and Down the Rangers. The stretch. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see. Please. Yeah. Man, we'll see. Pitch the ball to him. Yeah. Give him a chance. Um. Next, the Cardinals clinched the NL Central. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, towards the middle of the season, everyone kind of saw this coming. The Brewers were in a fight for it, but not many other teams really up at the top there. Chicago had a down year. The Reds were off to a horrible start. Yeah, almost, remember that back al- in almost, April? Almost were on pace for the worst season baseball ever. season in history. Yeah, that was great. Uh, and the Pirates' young team still reworking. Um so really, the no Cardinals and the Brewers still have a chance, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, not really, not really much contention in in the Central. The no. the Cards have won it. What is it? The past two or three years already. Yeah. So, um, on a streak. Not a, not a shock there. Uh, Atlanta and New York after last night tied, going into the final week of the Boom. season. Who's going to win this this division? I'm not. Uh, I'm riding with my guns. I'm not going against myself. I'm saying Atlanta. Mets are going to met. Even though they've won 97 games, they're going to win 100 games. So hats off to that. They've proved me wrong, but I'm still going to say Atlanta wins the division. I think Atlanta wins. We've said this week in, week out. This high-powered offense is no joke. Mm-hmm. They have showed everyone that they can stay in this. And even throughout injuries throughout the season, everything, they've still hung up there they're right there for the top of the division so yep uh a little little under a week left or a little over a week left whatever it is uh i think that the braves squeak this one out and the mets fall to a wild card spot which is tough as well it's tough it's tough winning 100 games and getting a wild card spot well especially because if you win that division you're going to get a buy yeah buy in the uh just go straight to the alds yeah perk yeah uh there you go. <laughs> the Phillies, man. Cutting dropped 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 the first one in Chicago last night and they're cutting it close. Cutting it close is an understatement. They're one and a half ahead of the Brewers right now. Uh two, two and a half in the, in the two ahead in the loss column though. That's yeah. That's the important one. Yeah. So they all they need to do right now is sustain the lead. I still think they'll do it. I still think they're going to do it. However, are. their defense is shaky. Last night. Castellanos, he can't move, man. He's got to get a jersey that fits. That those <laughs> sleeves are all the way down to his forearms. Like it's, <laughs> it's bad. Um, the guy can't run. He can't move. And Brandon Marsh has fixed that primarily in center field. Good. But having 
Schwarber out in left, Castellanos out in right, and you can't have Harper out there because he can't throw the ball right now. Yeah. So it's very much a struggle on those corner outfield spots, um, <laughs> especially once it's hit down the line. That's how the Cubs got their lead last night in the eighth, and that's how they ended up you know, winning Monk. this game. Uh, the offense needs to wake up. You can't score one run and expect to win a game, especially not an away game in Chicago. Um, a lot of pieces need to come together in this last week, and you have a final series against Houston to close out. You have a four-game series coming up against Washington, which you should be able to win, and you have two games left against Chicago. Finish out this series. Finish out this season and give the, the, the people of Philadelphia <laughs> what they want. A final trip back to the postseason. Yeah. They need it. It's been 11 years. I think you'll Please. get it. I think you'll get it. I think so too, but we'll see. Uh, another wild card of the race. Baltimore, three and a half back at Seattle. Um, Hanging close, around. Close finishes. They are not going away. No, and Seattle has uh, they've gone through a bit of a slump. They're three and seven in their last ten. Um, Baltimore hasn't really been able to capitalize on it though. Five a lot, and five. Yeah, a lot. Time. I mean, a lot can happen. It's only it's only about four games, so mm-hmm. we'll see. They're we, there. We'll see where they're they in end it. up. I think Seattle will hold on to it, but I think in it. I think Seattle holds. But you know, there's a lot a lot of baseball left to play per mm-hmm. se. We'll we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's time for the halftime hustle. It's time for two of the best segments of the week. So we're going to start it off. We're going to go with Drip of the Week. Wally, do you want to start or do you want me to start it? You started. All right. I think I've been starting a lot. You have been starting. You have been starting. So recently with the media days, everything like that, the Suns, well, not just the Suns, the NBA has been revealing a lot of their new uniforms, a lot of their new um, throwbacks, uh, statement uniforms, whatever it is. So recently, the Suns revealed their statement uniforms, which the Suns, obviously, we know the you know whole, whole organization is in a little bit of controversy. But yep. these uniforms are very, very beautiful. Um, I like the purple, the orange, and the yellow. You know, the fade into it, and they had similar uniforms the, the past following years. Yeah. That they have the valley on them. I don't know if I have that jersey with me, but I do have a Devin Booker jersey mm-hmm. uh, with that on it. Um, I just think these are clean. The blackout on it, and then you know the the Phoenix, you know abbreviation on the top. Bit of gradient yeah, it's, as it's well. nice. It's nice. You know, nice, you love the yeah. gradient, and then you know purple. I feel like is such an underrated color. It's underutilized in sports. I feel. Yeah, you I know, think it needs at, it needs to be brought in a little you bit. More. You look at the Lakers. You look at the Ravens. It's it's you look a at staple in football. <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> it's a staple when you have when you have a purple uniform. You stand out from the rest of them. I like that. Good thing. I, I, I like it too. I'm gonna go with a uniform that was announced quite some time ago, but will be making its debut on this Thursday night. And that is the Cincinnati Bengals' whiteout uh, jerseys to go with the white helmet. The NFL announced this year. You can have two helmet colors now, and the Bengals immediately capitalized on that, going with a white helmet. Um, I'm very excited to see how these look on TV on Thursday night against Miami. I'm very excited as well, and that should be a very good game, actually. Yeah. Um, besides, we'll see, besides we'll see the if, two, if two will play, but I was going to say they asked Joe Burrow about this on Monday in his press conference, and they asked him about how he felt playing in the white uniforms, you know, what his thoughts were when they released them, and he simply said, I'll play in a trash bag. Yeah, it doesn't care. affect yeah, him. Yeah, it doesn't I don't like, think he the doesn't players really care. care about it that yeah. much. But they're pretty but, sweet. 
I mean, we care. Yeah. We always care about yeah. some good drip. They're there's awesome. actually, uh, I think there's like three other alternate uniforms debuting this week. I know um, the Giants are bringing out their the Giants uh, are bringing their classics. Their uh, mm-hmm. The Saints are wearing theirs, their new black helmets. Mm. Um, the Commanders are wearing their new black uniforms, mm. with black helmets. I like those. Uh, which our friend Colin will love that. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. There's a lot of drip going on this week. Pay attention in the NFL world, but specifically pay attention to this Thursday night when the Bengals debut those white ones. Yeah. Uh, but now we've got players of the week. You, would you like me to start this as well? Yeah, you can go. All right, all right. I'm proud of So mine. I've actually, I've got two. <laughs> and they're both, they're both punters. <laughs> Which Pat McAfee will be very yeah, proud. He, say, he lo- for the he, brand. Yeah, he loved that brand for the brand. Uh, so I've got Corliss Waitman from Denver, and I've got Mitch Wisnowski from San Francisco because the game on Sunday was a snooze fest. Well, Waitman had ten punts in the game, which all went a total of 476 yards, and six of those were placed inside the 20. <laughs> Well, Wisnowski had seven punts, all totaling 362 yards, and three of them inside the 20. So it was a battle of the punters yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Well, a battle of the punters as well for uh, Wisnowski. Got him a safety punt there as yeah. well. Got the yeah. extra, extra yards and um, the free kick. That's nice. I don't think we've ever had a punter, even a kicker. There's been no special teams. No, not at all. So we we week. had we had to give it we had to give it to the brand Good for the pick. brand. Good pick. Um, my player of the week uh, from Fordham University <laughs> um, is Fotis Kokosoulis. I think I pronounced his name correctly. I believe that's Greek. He's a fifth-year senior wide receiver from Fordham. His game against Ohio last Saturday. They lost 59-52. to Oh, wow. But, Coco Sulis, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, 13 catches, 320 yards, and four touchdowns <laughs> in one game. Those are Madden numbers for for uh, FOTUS. Um, I also want to give an honorable mention, honorable mention to the quarterbacks of each team. Um, to Murat of Fordham, threw for 503 yards and six touchdowns. Wow. And Rourke of Ohio, 537 yards and four touchdowns. Again, the FCS knows how to do it, man. 59 to 52 victory for Ohio. And as you said, the FCS, there are some gems down there. Um, we gotta, we gotta start paying more attention to them. Yeah. We gotta start watching them a lot yeah. more. Yeah. Gotta replace our game of the week. Um, Honestly. With FCS ones. So. Fotis Kokosoulis, I hope to hear your name some more because that is a monster game. That's um, also a great name. Yeah, Fotis That's Kokosoulis. That's a great name. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Uh, but segueing right into college the football. NCAA, yeah. college football, we like to start it off here the way that we always do, and that's with Syracuse. The home um, boys. Syracuse had the Friday Night Lights game, um, searching for 4-0. They achieved they, it they in an ugly, it. ugly fashion. It's pretty Pretty bad. Uh, turned the ball over four times in that game, doing everything in their power to lose to a UVA team that came in one and two at the bottom of the ACC. They were also up sixteen nothing at halftime. Yeah, yeah. Gave up thirteen straight points. Yeah. Um, ended up winning what twenty two to twenty. Yes. I believe. Um, thanks to a final couple of minutes field goal by Andre Schmidt. Um, but despite the win, they came in at number twenty five in the coaches poll. They are now ranked in the coaches' poll. They're not in the AP, AP poll, poll. Um, but they are number 30 in the AP poll. They're five spots out. Need a couple more dominoes to fall. 
need another convincing win, which they'll get this week. I'll go on record Con- playing Wagner. Yeah, well, they need a convincing, convincing win. Like like 150. Like, yeah. Oh, by the way, did you see that Stephen F. Austin game? Stephen F. Austin put up 98 yeah, points last week. Yeah, I did see that. Week. They were, yeah, they were right that. away from 100. That was yeah. insane. Yeah, I did see that, actually. Um, so I need I need one of those from Syracuse. I need we're, a Stephen yeah, F. Austin. We're gonna need a we're going to need a big performance, especially if you want this ranking. Yeah. There's going to be a couple <laughs> of ranked games coming up. You yeah. could get a spot in the AP. Yeah, a couple of dominoes We'll see. Fall. We'll see. Mainly, you got to jump Kansas, too, though. Mainly looking at an ACC matchup of Florida State and Wake Forest. Both of those are in the 20s. One exactly. of them is going down. One of them. New ACC team could slide in there. ACC. I might know one. ACC. I might know one. Uh, so then Oklahoma got upset by unranked Kansas State, who was then put at number 25. Yeah, now they're in the rankings, um, despite already having a loss on the season. And I will say, I feel like we've gotten all the attention of Ohio State and Alabama, Georgia, obviously, USC, Clemson, Michigan. I feel like Oklahoma, who was ranked number six, I just didn't hear them mention, and they felt flat with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. I mean, they weren't they have really... not been boomer sooner. They they weren't really not them that appealing. I mean, they lost their head coach. They lost their main quarterback last year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the facts of them being good. I mean, on paper, maybe it added up. Oklahoma has always been the defense is better than yeah that, usually. Yeah, Oklahoma has always been a really good football program mm-hmm. but it just didn't seem like the cards were going to add up for them no. either so i felt like I even the if they were even if they ranking. yeah even if they were to be you know very good or played very well throughout the year i just don't think that there was that much appeal of them yeah being put up that high i think Not that all. even all, the, all these other teams would have jumped them mm-hmm. uh kentucky kansas syracuse all these basketball schools, man, yeah. being undefeated. Even Duke was undefeated going into this week. But <laughs> then Kansas reason. took them down in Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky will be put to the test this week when they have to face Ole Miss. I also think that Kansas-Duke matchup, the fact that it, one, it existed, period, a Big 12 AC school. But, but the fact that it existed Peters, this year. They were both 3-0 and o as well. Yeah. Um, that Did you know that was fun. the first sold-out game since, like, 2018 in Lawrence? Was it in, yeah, it was in Kansas, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I believe that. Yeah, I mean, they've been awful. They're pretty. They're right. They're knocking on the door of being ranked as well. They're Number they're the 26. first team out. They're twenty six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So we'll see. Maybe the basketball schools can represent the top twenty five this year. I want to. I want to quickly talk about Kentucky. Um. They're number number seven now in the country. Um. And Ole Miss is fourteen. Huge game for both of those schools this week. Should have um, been college game day. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. um, there's been a lot of love for Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback as well. And there's an article on ESPN that came out today um, where one NFL personnel director said he sees a lot of Josh Allen in him. And Levis has potential to be the number one overall pick. And I ask you, Mr. Jake Rennerty, do you think Levis, when December rolls around, or we'll jump all the way to April, do you think Levis can be challenging the names of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud for the top quarterback spot? No, but I am. <laughs> but I am going to say that there is another ACC quarterback that can be. Oh, what do you got there? And that is Anthony Richardson. Uh, he's not ACC. He's SEC. Or SEC. Yeah, I apologize, because that's that's what. Yeah, my gosh. 
I'm I apologize. I apologize. Okay, I misspoke. Man. But yes, okay. another SEC quarterback that can challenge him, you and know, that's Anthony Richardson. Mention of Anthony Richardson, I think you're a moron, and I think <laughs> Anthony Richardson has no business being in the top ten. The guy does not have an arm at all. He's got the athleticism of not even Lamar, Walmart Lamar. He's a great runner, and his passing game will improve. But he is nowhere close to being he's an got, NFL quarterback. He's got a lot of potential. He is not ready. He's yeah. got a lot of potential. If I was Anthony Richardson, I don't, you know, we still got another nine, ten games to go this season. Stay at Florida, stay for another year, and then. I think he, I think he will, especially, which is which is why, which is why, year. which is why I don't think that he's going to challenge them. Which even if he, he did, shouldn't. if he, even if he, even if he did declare this year, he he might he probably won't. I'm staying away but from him. I'm I think that him in the draft. I think that he stays at Florida for another year, and he sure. comes out next year, and he'll be. Especially more because more than prepared. Especially because it's a strong quarterback class this year. Yes. The three names that yes. I just mentioned we went yes. over. But either way, Kentucky, yes. they're in it. Number seven. How about it? We'll see. They got to they gotta face 14 Ole Miss this week. They haven't, they haven't been this good since Josh Allen was there. In what, was Josh it, Allen, like Josh 18, Allen, Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was when, that was when they played Penn State, and I think it was the Penn State, like, Fiesta Bowl or something. Yeah. It was one they of were those. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just remember he dominated Penn State in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Carolina State and Clemson. This is college game day's game of the week. Awful Which choice. Is, shouldn't I mean, be. Shouldn't be the choice. The number ten team at the number five team. No, no. It should be NC State Syracuse in two weeks. <laughs> well, it still, it still can be. It'll be a different campus. The game's at Clemson. It can be here. They try not to repeat Syracuse. teams though. No, it'll do. We it can. Again. We can hope. Do we can hope. We can hope. <laughs> Uh, but who's really being put to the test here? Clemson just went into a double overtime game with Wake Forest this past week, and North Carolina barely escaped ECU in week, week one. one. Who do you think has the bigger challenge this I week? I think both teams are overrated, um, and I will say the bigger challenge will be Clemson coming off of the double OT against Wake Forest. And we talked about it last week that Wake would give Clemson a run for their money. Um, so I'll say Clemson has the bigger test. And NC State, you're on the road, um, heading heading down south, college game day, all of it. But both both teams, I think, are overrated. I don't think any ACC team makes it to the college football playoff. Um, I think you're in agreement with that as well. But I think, yeah, I don't even know. Going into the season, I had Clemson at three with a big bounce back year so far, and I don't think that they're going to excel much more than they have like they no. haven't impressed me they've no. let me down um if that so i think clemson will have a bigger challenge trying to prove that they belong mm-hmm. at the rank that they're at, at the top spot as well as a bigger challenge trying to beat a 10th ranked nc state mm-hmm. um nc state like you said i think is overrated anyway i don't even know if they deserve to be at that 10 spot no, they don't but, but uh, Clemson just—they're not the team that they used to be. Kind of like Oklahoma, yeah. You know, like they're plenty solid, and they've—they still have all the talent recruiting. They still have the coaching, um, with Dabo Sweeney, but they're not the Clemsons of the Trevor Lawrence days. I was gonna say, I feel all. like I—I f- I feel like DJ has not lived up to nearly what he was expected to be no. either. You know, after even in that game, that game against Notre Dame, yeah, when when Lawrence was Lawrence. down with COVID. That's probably the best game DJ's had his entire career at Clemson. Yeah. Well, now also DJ has Chase Bryce breathing down his neck. Yeah. The top one of the top quarterback recruits coming into this year. Um, but we'll maybe find the out. Pre- maybe the pressure is getting to him. Yeah. 
We'll see. We will see. Uh, USC climbing. Now they're sitting at six in the AP. I had them as my last team in. Yeah, you did. And I had a different Pac-12 team um, being Utah. The Utes. Quick quick shout out to the Pac-12. Washington and Utah are also in the top 15 now. That's the thing is way up. I, I can appreciate the fact that there's a lot more diversity in the in the AP this year, I feel like. There's yeah. there's not that totally. there's there not is one not, conference dominating. There has not been this many Pac twelve teams in a while. Pac the Pac twelve has basically been non existent. It's also it's also clear that at least the eight, years? at least the AP poll, I don't know what the college football playoff committee yeah will it'll be. it'll change but, but up they a bit. but they respect the pac-12 is my point i, mean, I know and it, i and it i, well I like USC. that because you know usc ohio state a nice classic rose bowl matchup <laughs> that's all i'm saying if you want to if you want to you know advertise anything you, committee that, who would that end up being though? would that be 1v4 or 2v3 it uh i think it uh, I think it's one v four this year. Okay. I, it depends. Depends. I don't even. Is it? Is the Rose Bowl one of the college football playoff I ones this year? Because I think they year. all they all rotate, don't they? Yeah. Between it's the like, six. Yeah, the six of them. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully it's the Rose Bowl. <laughs> anyway, you could make it the Rose Bowl. Flex it in. Flex it in. <laughs> uh, now we've got our three games to watch for the week. Um, I'm gonna start us off. I'm gonna go with Michigan versus Iowa. Michigan really has not had a test this year so far. They've had a very cupcake schedule. Iowa being, you know, maybe that sneaky Big Ten team that can give Michigan, you know, a little run for their money, a little pesty. Um, we'll see what happens with them. I think Michigan might get might get shocked simply because they have not really faced anyone big yet. Iowa does not have an offense on this planet, but they're no, giving up the least but, points in the country. Yeah. They're giving up 5.8 points per game, which alone... Defense will keep you in a game, especially against a supposed number four team in the country. Fraudulent number four team in the country, but number four nonetheless. Um, one of my games is the one that we just talked about, being number 10 NC State at number five Clemson. Um, we've already gone over it. It's going to be a great game, regardless of if either of these teams are frauds, if they're for real. It's going to be a close game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, then I have Alabama and Arkansas. Arkansas. Well, Arkansas falling last week, but these two teams seem to have, you know, pretty close matchups over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Alabama already had trouble with Texas earlier this year. Maybe Arkansas can give them a little scare for themselves as well, but we'll see. I think Bama's past the trouble <laughs> stage. I think they're going to be borderline on cruise control. Oh, I play Tennessee in two weeks. Maybe that game, but I think they're going to be fine against Arkansas. Sorry, we're not picking. We're not picking <laughs> games. Um, good game regardless. You could, you could pick. Good game you could regardless. pick it. I don't care. Um, and then for me, I've got a Texas Tech team. I think I mentioned Texas Tech a lot yeah, this entire season. Um, heading to number twenty-five, Kansas State. You're a big Big Twelve fan. I've I found out. <laughs> Not that it just so happens they've got some good games. Um, my question is, Kansas State for real was the win over Oklahoma a bit of a fluke? Well, they lost to I like a no name in yeah. week, in week two exactly. So. And Texas Tech is coming off of a 37-34 win over Texas. So, Texas Tech is legit. They could be knocking on the door of the top 25 as well. I'm excited to see who's who's for real. You know, maybe Kansas State is a fraudulent AP rank. Yeah. So, we'll there you see. go. 
But our final game that we both have here is Oklahoma State versus Baylor. Talking you're, about the Big 12, you're, baby. You're big, big uh, on Spencer Sanders. I'm not. So. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that big on Spencer Sanders. But I will say, with this kind of game, it's a top 25 matchup. Oklahoma State's number nine. Baylor is 16, with the lone loss coming to BYU. This is an opportunity for Spencer Sanders to really throw himself into the Heisman conversation. Um, it's an opportunity for Oklahoma State to make the case for the Big 12 being in the college so, football playoff. Oklahoma State is the last hope yeah. for the Big 12 getting a spot in the college football playoff. They're coming off of a bye. They're only 3-0. and They haven't played their fourth game yet. They're going to be fresh. This is their chance, not just for Spencer Sanders, as I already mentioned, but for the school as well. Um, if they lose this, no more Big 12 in the playoff. That's that. We're out. So... We'll see. A lot of Big, Big 12 weekend. matchups this Big weekend. weekend. For the conference. Big college football weekend. Stay locked on those games. Uh, there's a lot of them, and there's still a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, let us know what your favorite games are of this weekend. Uh, but now we've got the NFL, um, and we're just going to start off with last Thursday. Another snooze fest of a game, Steelers-Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, that was awful. Uh, and Mitch Trubisky only attempting 13 passes. Is it time for them to put in Kenny Pickett? Nope, and I know you're gonna say yes. And you <laughs> yes, want, it is. You want to see yes, Pickett it play. is. But if you're if your quarterback is attempting 13 passes, that's not even on him. That's just the offensive style of Pittsburgh, and we've seen it for the last few years. And they're not right now the way that they're playing games. They're not trying to win games with their quarterback. Doesn't matter if it's Pickett. If anything, the offense will probably be even more simplified with Pickett in because he's a rookie. Um, I think we'll see Pickett. At some point in this season, I don't think that now is the time. I don't think they need to pull any pull any cords yet. Um, they're one and two. Baltimore's two and one. It's not like they're immediately falling out. You don't need to hit the panic button yet. I think they might give him one more week, but I think Kenny Pickett will see the, see the field sooner rather than later. Um, Mitch Trubisky has also been restricted to not even calling audibles. Is they, that true? Yes, they oh. simply well, don't. Yeah, they're they gonna, simply don't want this man well, on the field. Well, they're not going to let Pickett call audibles either. It's not going to make. A I difference. don't. Th- I don't think they will they're either. He's have, a rookie, but like. Yeah, meaning it doesn't matter. Why would you replace anything? I just don't think that. I just. I just don't think they're giving. You know, they're showing that they don't have enough trust in Mitch to begin with. They don't have enough trust in any quarterback. They barely had trust in Big Ben the last two years because the guy. That's because the guy arm. was. That's because the yeah. guy was dying. Like he was on the field as a right. as a bag of bones. Like he should have retired three years earlier. That's my point proven. Uh, but I mean, this was arguably one of the games of the week. Miami taking down Buffalo in mm-hmm. Miami on the butt, the butt punt. punt. Yeah. Uh, great. The Bills. Bills offensive coordinator was not happy with the with the. The no spike at the end of the game. Great, great clip of Ken Dorsey, um, the recently called up offensive coordinator with Dable going to the Giants. Um, I love the clip just because watching the other assistant coaches there in the and background. Then, and then they no, and then and then someone comes up and blocks the camera because yeah. they realize that someone's actually on? like looking at it. It was pretty awesome. It was funny, but right before halftime, Tua goes down and starts stumbling. Dude literally looked like his soul left his body as he was mm-hmm. falling to the ground. But they say he hurt his back. Which, in theory, makes sense. If you have back pains, if you're having like seizures in your back and contortions, you're going to fall to the ground. But we also saw him hit his head. We saw him wail we saw down. His, we saw him hit. basically get whiplash. Exactly. Um, the way he was stumbling was very reminiscent. I'm pretty sure I might have said this to you. Um, reminiscent of the way Daniel Jones 
hurt himself against Dallas last season. I mean, he had a head injury, went into concussion protocols, and he was stumbling just like Tua did. So I have trust in the Miami Dolphins for not putting Tua at risk. And Mike McDaniel has said he's open to an investigation if the Dolph- if the NFL wants to do that. Um, but it does seem a little odd for a back injury to cause you to fall to the ground like he did. I thought the same thing. I mean, like you said, I think it's, you know, very open to interpretation. Maybe it was his back. Uh, I trust in the Dolphins and, you know, being respectful of the game, yeah. but also not putting their franchise Players quarterback or hopefully risk. franchise quarterback at risk. Um, so Miami, only undefeated team left in the AFC. Yeah, how about that? Despite all that we just said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Colts shock the Chiefs, and Matt Ryan earns his first win in a Colts uniform. And then draw that one up. We saw. We saw no some, one did. We saw some conversations between Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy uh, at halftime. Yeah, some heated conversations. Mahomes was not very happy with the cautious approach. He wanted to keep pushing the ball down the field, go get some more points before the half, and looks like he probably was right. Well, and you probably should and, keep your foot and on the pedal. No, knowing Mahomes with limited amount of time and yeah I think he's, I think he, he might be been the, fine he might be i mean he's already the best quarterback in the nfl but he might be the best quarterback in, the two in nfl drill. history in, yeah. in the two minute drill <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but i think that was a fluke for the chiefs i don't think there's yeah, any I, way that not, that would happen concerned. again i'm no. not really concerned but uh the colts they're on okay, the board okay they got on one the win they got one win good they're for them on the board uh the ravens escaped the patriots Mm-hmm. Uh, with a forced fumble at the end of the game by Kyle Hamilton, yeah. might I add. Uh, but Mac Jones out at least six weeks with he a high ankle sprain. He was in pain, too. He was Pictures screaming. of him going into the he locker room. He was screaming. Um, I, I love there, uh, there were a bunch of questions to Bill Belichick today asking about Mac Jones' injury status. And my favorite quote from him was, quote, what do I look like? A doctor? <laughs> that was his response to the question saying, leave me alone. I don't know how to read the MRI. It has nothing to do with me. Um, Brian Hoyer will be starting at New England. Uh, yeah. At quarterback for Which New England. You're, you're a little upset by. I want to see Bailey Zapp, man. Put him in there. I want the second coming of Tom Brady. Get him in there. See what happens. I don't know. It's not looking good for the Patriots. I, it's looking like they're more likely to end up with a top 10 pick than yeah. end up with 10 wins. Yeah. <laughs> Top ten or top ten is generous. I'd even say pushing top five. Yeah. Max out for six weeks. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot a lot that they've got to do to their team in general, mm-hmm. uh, to get it better. So hopefully this will give them time to reevaluate, give Bill time to reevaluate. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. But my there favorite thing to talk about there during the week is that the Jaguars dominate the Chargers thirty eight to ten. Um, as if I thought Trevor Lawrence was player of the week last week. I mean, I wish I could have repeat him as player of the week this week, but I would have never. Player of the week last week. But, well, he's a pretty great player of the week this week. Yeah. Um, AFC Offensive Player of the Week, might I add, by NFL. Uh, 28 for 39, 262 yards, three touchdowns, and also 115 passer rating. Um, this is kind of just showing already how much the coach makes the difference. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Brilliant Lawrence fina- finally living up to his potential, finally showing, you know, how great not he even can finally. be. He just had one year stuck with Well, yeah, mind. yeah, not finally, but, I mean, obviously. It, 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 it even would have taken him, I think, a year to settle into where he was. Yeah. Like, at least 10, 11 games because yeah, even if that team was, was already in shambles once mm-hmm. he came into it. But uh, the team is 
just been great overall. I mean, they lead the league in turnover differential with seven and are yeah. second in point differential with 40 plus 46. Um, the defense has been great. Let me shout out Devin Lloyd, my rookie of the year for our team that I've also mm-hmm. shouted out. Uh, mm-hmm. First in tackles among rookies with 24 and passes defensed among rookies with six. But he's also second in the NFL in interceptions with two. Um, and this receiving core, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram even getting ah. getting some love. Um, Trevor really living up to his potential. I love to see it. Doug Peterson making the whole difference. They have to go to Philadelphia this week, which is going to be a battle. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. I ha- uh, I'm highlighting that one. So, um, you know, Doug Peterson's return to Philly. We'll see how it goes. It's going to be exciting. Philadelphia has also looked very, very good. Um, but I think there's a very, you know, very good look for the Jaguars going forward, especially for the season. Especially for this season. Not because, even long term, right now. Yeah, but it's, especially for the season, I mean, a lot of those teams have looked very rough to start out the year. A lot of teams have. A lot of teams yeah. are also surprised, though, like yes, the Jaguars. Yes, of course. Of Nobody course. thought even the Giants would be 2-1. We'll no, get and into the Giants in a minute. But. I was going to say something else, and I forgot to write it down, but I really dislike the fact that, and this is just a personal thing, I dislike the fact that everyone was like saying the Jaguars were horrible, and now they're saying that they're good, which, like, yeah, I like the recognition, but I hate the recognition. I like it better when, like, we're underrated. Yeah, you should try being a Giants fan, man. Everyone's <laughs> calling us frauds, and yeah, a little shaky against Dallas, but two and one's two and one, man. They're in it. It's a winning record. Um, enough about the Giants, though. It's a good, good luck for Jacksonville. I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Green Bay wins the Battle of the Bays in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. uh, and Aaron Rodgers basically got their jumbotron operator fired. Yeah, the, uh, um, he said after the game that the jumbotron operator, whatever he. Rogers saw or the Green Bay coaching staff saw in the jumbotron they knew it was going to be a run from watching it well um, he said something so then on he, he always goes on Pat the Pat McAfee show on yeah. Tuesdays so he was getting interviewed on by Pat McAfee you know they were having a conversation and Rogers said he saw something on the jumbotron during the two-minute drill that he relayed to Matt LaFleur mm-hmm. he said it was not the two-point conversion however oh. it seemed a bit fishy but he said he he did not disclose exactly what he saw oh, however everything that i read said it referred to the two-point conversion well that's what so his post-game interview made it seem like it was referring to the two-point mm. conversion he knew what play was coming yeah but when he told the story he saw it during the two-minute drill and related to matt and he said he didn't even know if matt related to his team or not also did you see um matt flynn's reply aaron Rodgers said that he once uh, called the plays um in like 20 i guess 2011 called the plays in week 17 for one season as an offensive coordinator and matt flynn who started that game in week 17 for that packers team that went 15 and one only losing to kansas city and then lost to the giants in the divisional round while the giants marched their way to the super bowl matt flynn replied to the tweet of it was from the pat mcafee show that said that he audibled out of every single play because <laughs> Aaron Rodgers did such a terrible job. Um, I just thought that was really funny. Shout out to Matt Flynn. Gave me a laugh. Aaron Rodgers audibles a lot, though. Yeah, out of, he does. Out of a lot of plays yeah. that he's given. He's so, running the offense himself. Is it just that the it's offense, the whoever's the offensive coordinator in Doesn't Green Bay, who it is. It just has a title. They don't do anything. Doesn't matter who yeah. the quarterback is either, yeah. really. Um, so what's worse than throwing a pick six, Wally? 
running out of the back of the own of your own end zone and throwing a pick six. Mr. Um, Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. Someone's Well now it's Mr. now it's Mr. Jimmy G. Yeah. Not uh, as bad as Dan though. Not as bad. Not at all. But San Fran and Denver, literally just the battle of the bad. Well, I'll say battle of the mid, and I found it to be a very similar game to the Rams Patriots Super Bowl fifty three game where no one was overly bad, minus the Jimmy G play. That was yeah. atrocious. But for the most part, you punt 17 times combined. It's not like it's turnover galore or, every, or anything. Missed throws, bad offensive play calling, or I guess bad offensive play calling. But I'll, I'll say battle of the mid. I'll give them I'll it was just, slack. It was just very like unappealing. There was nothing well, that happened. It's an 11-10 ha- final. There was that nothing, nothing that happened tone. in the game. There was no, uh, like, I don't know, and people already calling for people already calling for Hackett to be fired. Um, I don't know Russell Wilson just being so underwhelming this year so far. The entire running back core at, in Denver, Denver has been weird because Javante Week One was averaging not like six to nine yards a carry, mm-hmm. and they still sub him out every two every two sets. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't make any Put sense to me. Um, I don't know. In San Francisco, obviously, a lot of adjusting. This was Kittle's first week back, but Jimmy G having to step in there for Lance. I mean, who I'm knows what? Who knows? Who knows what preparation Jimmy G even went through this year? Yeah. Considering he didn't even know if he was going to be on the team. And they called referred to him as the insurance policy. Yeah. And they didn't actually want to play him. Under yeah. Any circumstance. So. So, we'll see. Um, both teams have a lot to go through now, but I don't know. Um, the Giants. Yeah, take yeah, their they first lost a game. The Big whoop. They're two and one. Cooper Rush. Uh, sure, I'll make you eat my words, but simultaneously, you didn't do anything, and you're getting the Ben Roethlisberger retirement tour treatment. Um, the Giants' offensive line is young. They are very inexperienced in playing together. In fact, I don't think any of that line, besides Andrew Thomas, was starting on that line last year. It is all complete turnover. Um, and they've got experience at some spots um, with mainly Mark Lewinsky at right guard. But Evan Neal is atrocious. He's going to get better. He's a young tackle. I'd like to highlight Daniel Bellinger, the tight end, also a rookie, atrocious at pass protection. Absolutely horrific. And uh, Kafka and Dable lined him up on the right side next to Neal for help just to give the guy a chip, most likely Demarcus Lawrence or Micah Parsons. And he never, he couldn't never even gave do one. It. Couldn't never do anything. Gave. I was going to say that is that Neil obviously struggled. He's a rookie. Yeah. He's going to get better. Top five pick. So I'm not worried about him. But just like he's a, he's in to help Neil and he doesn't do doesn't anything. Doesn't do anything. Well, like, I, he didn't even he didn't even give him a nudge with no, his shoulder. No, he like, went he and just ran his stands route. there. He went yeah. and ran his route. He finished with four catches for 40 yards. Good for him. He scored his first NFL touchdown last two weeks ago against Carolina. Um, but Giants O-line, get it together. Wide receivers, I don't even want to talk about it. That entire situation is a well, mess. Sterling, Sterling Shepard. Shepard's done for the yeah. year. Get new turf at MetLife. In fact, just get rid of turf. Start playing on grass. That's what I think as well. That place has killed so many careers, injured so many players, um, the air conditioning unit. So, yes, Cooper Rush, you proved me wrong. Well, you didn't prove me wrong, but. You, C- CD, I respect CD it. sold him a lot. It. CD sold him a lot, but he helped him at the end with that the catch. The one-handed catch. Yeah. I respect it. I respect it. And again, 
I'm a Giants fan. I predict. I don't even remember what I predicted them to win. Six, seven games on here. The fact yeah, that I they're two so. and one, I'm blown yeah. away. Yeah. So, can't complain. Well, back into the biggest segment of the week. Back into the biggest, you know, everything of the week. This is where it all comes down. And actually, we never even one did the locks last week or two. He, we still haven't decided a wager, so we don't know what we're doing this for yet. But we will keep you updated. Um, we're gonna go back and forth. I'm gonna start off with one, and then while he's gonna go with one, obviously we're gonna alternate. Uh, and then there, we're gonna pick our games for the week. We got six of them to go through. I'd like to note that this past week I was yeah, five yeah. and one. I yeah, have yeah. the I have an eight to three lead overall total. Long and uh, Wally has zero picks from this week uh, that he got correct. So. Yeah, yeah. Long All right. I'll start us off, and that's tomorrow night's game, or tonight's game from when this when episode listening. will be released. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Miami and Cincinnati. Miami might be playing without Tua. Cincinnati looking a little shaky this year. Still absolutely no line for Joe Burrow. He's running out of the pocket before the ball is even snapped. Um, who you got in this one? <laughs> um. If there was such thing as an anti-lock, this would be my anti-lock of the week. Um, it obviously has to do with Tua and Tua's health. And because of that, based on him being able to get through the second half of the game against Buffalo and then being able to pull out a win, yeah, Ken Dorsey is irritated about how the game finished for the Bills. Um, I think Tua, if he's playing, even if he's got back pain, as long as he's not in concussion protocol, I think he will be plenty good, and I think the Dolphins will advance to 4-0. All right. Um, I'm also picking Miami. They've looked very strong. Uh, I think Tua will play, um, so we'll see what happens. But Cincinnati's just look very shaky. I don't know if I trust them enough. They're going to have some clean uniforms, but they will not win the game. Well, it's also it's a tough matchup for Cincy, who's already 1-2. You start 0-2. Um, it's not a good get-right game to be thrown in on a short week as well and unfortunate and miami's defense will do plenty to keep them in the game even if tua is not there so i think that they'll be fine next up we've got battle of the bees and that is buffalo baltimore buffalo we've talked about plenty today baltimore lamar jackson is playing like the greatest quarterback since his mvp season he's playing out of his mind um, he's accounted for more touchdowns than every single team except for the Detroit Lions. How have the Lions scored more touchdowns than anyone besides the Ravens? I don't know. But that besides that's besides the point. Um, because of that, I think we're going to get a little bit of a, uh, some uh, smudging by Buffalo, slugging through it. I think Baltimore will win, and I think Lamar will continue his MVP campaign. And as I said, he's a top-10 quarterback, and by the end of the season, get him back in the top-5 train. Um, this is a weird game to me. I think that Buffalo coming off of the way that they lost to Miami, they're going to be angry. They're going back home. Josh Allen, However, their, sure. their defense is still taking a hit. They just signed Xavier Rhodes, but I don't know if he's going to be ready to play by Sunday. Um, they still have rookie corners out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's tough because they're going to have to be defending Lamar. They're going to have to defend... Devin Duvernay, Rashawn Bateman, and Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. Uh, however, Buffalo's mad. Buffalo's back home, backed by Bills Mafia. I'm taking Buffalo, and I'm taking them as, as my lock. Wow, that's a bold lock, boss man. Wow, I I'm feeling I'm feeling good about them this week. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Next, we have Jacksonville in Philadelphia. Doug, Mar- ah, I said Doug Marone. Doug, Marone. Doug Peterson's return to Philadelphia. Um, he said he's hoping not to get booed, so we'll have to wait and see on that as well. Uh, I hope there's a prop bet for that. But uh, who are you taking in this? My lock is Philadelphia, and I'm not going to doubt it one bit. I think Jacksonville is plenty good. I'm not going to break your little heart, but Philadelphia is playing like one of the best teams in the NFL right now, hence the 3-0. They're the only undefeated team in the NFC, and they've looked dominant, really, in all three weeks, minus the second-half collapse against Detroit in Week 1. As much as it pains me to say it, Philadelphia, my lock, pretty confident in it, too. Uh, Philadelphia has looked like... I think they've looked at, if not as the best team so far throughout the entire year, uh, definitely the top one of the top two best teams mm-hmm. so far this year, the most dominant, the best all around. Um, however, I'm not going against Jacksonville. Jacksonville has played out of their mind these past two weeks. Week one was a fluke. They had a bad first half, then they had a great well, second half. Uh, so I think that Jacksonville comes out strong in this game. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a dogfight, actually. Um, I don't think any team is going to blow each other out of the water, but I'd, li- I'd be lying if I said I wasn't scared for Philadelphia. I just have a lot of faith in Jacksonville and the way I that they're playing, don't. so I'm going with Jacksonville. That's also why Not I... to mention, Philadelphia is the 23rd best run defense, and James Robinson is playing like a top five running back right yeah, now. And Jalen Hurts is also playing like a top four, top five quarterback in the NFL right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. And Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is playing very well as well. Well, I'd like I'd like some rushing yards. I got James Robinson on my fantasy team. So. All right, well, that's good. All right, who we got next? We've got a Super Bowl 50, what, five, 55 rematch yeah. of Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay wide receivers are in shambles right now, um, especially last week. They get Mike Evans back now. Um, find out if Julio will be good to go. Waiting on... Chris Godwin to come back from injury. Um, Kansas City, I don't see them losing two in a row. I think that Indianapolis game was a fluke. Chiefs, without a question. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs as well here. Uh, I just don't think that, like you said, I don't think they fall two in a row. I, although, you know, Brady's Brady. Uh, this team, this offense hasn't really looked all together no. uh, so far. They don't really, the they're, they're missing a lot of their receivers, even Fournette has looked a little iffy uh, to start the year. So uh, I'm going to Kansas City. I think Mahomes has a big comeback week. Uh, now we have Minnesota in New Orleans, which is the big London game this week. Yeah. They're playing over at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, 930 yeah. in the morning. For us, us Eastern people. Yeah. Poor boys out West. <laughs> 630 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, right. I want you to pick first because I picked first right. for every single game. All right. Well, I'm going uh, Minnesota in this game. Um Obviously, I think that they're just on a streak right now. Last week was a big week against Detroit, which you actually had Detroit against them for winning that game, which it was a close game. But they just let uh, Osborne run right into the end zone like three consecutive times. So um, I think Minnesota keeps that streak. New Orleans has been a bit shaky. Although I had them winning the division, uh, I think that Minnesota takes this one. I'm going to bet against Minnesota. Um, I'm going to bet against it because while it's not technically a primetime game because it's 9.30 a.m., but it is a game a bit in the spotlight because it's in a different setting, and I'm going to bet against Kirk Cousins. (laughs) And, yes, Daniel Jones is my quarterback, and he's never won a primetime game in his career, but I'm going to bet against Kirk, not so much Minnesota, but Kirk in particular. 
I think New Orleans will get back on track. They've had a, that's a couple of weeks of not one and two. That's understandable. I feel like whenever Minnesota plays on the national spotlight, uh, Kirk Cousins is just automatically bad. <laughs> so, um, bringing us to our final game of the week. That is an AFC West battle that I think a lot of people thought would be a lot more competitive going into yeah, this year. Yeah, a lot more competitive. And that is Denver and Las Vegas. The Raiders, the only 0-3 team in the entire NFL, just as we all predicted. And I don't think they stay unbeaten. Whoa. Or un-won. Un un-won. Um, yeah, <laughs> un-won. I, I, I guess go. that's how you would say it uh, yeah. this, this week. Um, I think Vegas beats Denver. I have not liked the way that Denver has played been this year at all i don't like either of their head coaches starting off this year right now like like they've just been awful to start the year play calling just all around um but i i think it's hard to see vegas go 0-4 to start the year especially they're very good on paper they just haven't really been able to put it together because of i think the downfalls on coaching and hunter renfro's ability to hold on to the ball Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think vegas this week Vegas is going to win a game at some point, and they're not going to even finish with a top five pick in the draft, probably even top ten. They're going to turn it around. But I don't think we have reached the the peak of the misery for the Las Vegas Raiders. And because of that, I think Denver will win. I do dislike Nathaniel Hackett as coach. Um, I dislike the play calling. Russ has not looked like himself. They have so much potential. I don't really think this is the game where all that potential is reached. But I do think that they pull it out, and I do think that the Raiders start to not they're not gonna hit the panic button. They'll they'll turn it around eventually. But this is not the week that they turn it around because of the division rival. And Denver's two and one. They're solid enough. At least we'll see. We've side. got two matches this week. We'll see how that ends up. But throughout the week, Wally, before it comes back around to next Thursday, where can they find us? You can hit us up at Slinging Sports on Instagram and at Slinging underscore Sports on Twitter. In that meantime, hopefully we will decide the wager, (laughs) but stay tuned here on Sling Sports Podcast. Follow all the NCAA football games this week, all the NFL games. Get prepped next week for our NHL preview. Uh, We've got a lot going on. Stick it here. Thank you for tuning in this episode, and we'll see you next week. Peace.